Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us as we're going to uh, continue today in a series that we've been doing called Staying Present in the Present. And then actually we're going we're gonna to finish sort of what we've been doing in this one and in the new year I'm going to start a brand new series. I just realized that here in the last couple of days. Um, so uh, uh, I'm looking forward to that too. Um, we'll be, uh, the new series is going to be called Life in His Story. And uh, so that'll be starting next weekend and then uh, I'll be back next Wednesday teaching on the book of Romans. Um, you know, we had Christmas. In December things got a little you know, we did things a little differently in the last couple of weeks we've been doing Christmas messages and the rest of the pastors on staff were gracious enough to give me a, like four Wednesdays off in December just so I could pray and think and, and uh, chill a little bit. So uh, we're back at it now in January and so I'll be up um, teaching on the book of Romans again. But I want to uh, finish up this series today uh, and at the same time finish up talking our discussion on the Beatitudes that we've been doing together. Um, we've been looking at encounters that Jesus has with people and situations as uh, he being our model for life and ministry. Uh, and uh, we're talking about staying present in the presence and observing how he did it. And we used Luke as a great foundation for this because Jesus would often, uh, Luke would capture him withdrawing by himself to pray and then, and then coming back to do the ministry that he was called to, you know, connecting with the presence of God that we talked about and then walking it out in his day-to-day life. The Beatitudes that we've discussed are a significantly important part of that whole process. And uh, so Luke's Beatitudes are in Luke 6, but they're kind of a short version. We popped into the book of Matthew where there's a more extended version and we've been using Matthew's account um, and teaching through them. Uh, Matthew 5.3 we called the attitude of humility. Matthew 5.4 was the attitude of reality. Matthew 5.5 was the attitude of gentleness. Uh, Matthew 5.6 was the attitude of living by doing the next right thing. Matthew 5.7, the attitude of love in action. Uh, Matthew 5.8 was the attitude of integrity. Matthew 5.9, we talked about the attitude of peace. Of course, you all remember all those messages, and so really, I, I don't need to bring them back up again. Um, <sighs> and then we talked about Christmas for two weeks and the Advent season. And, uh, and, uh, and today, uh, we're going to finish up and, and historically, and just church-wise, this is the first Sunday after Christmas. That's all they call this one in the church calendar. Not, not got a big name, but there you go. Next, uh, next Sunday, as we start the new year and all these series, we'll actually be starting with Epiphany. So there's something for you to look up uh, if you don't know what that means. And so uh, I don't have a joke, but I have a little story. And this is, this is true. And uh, I'm just going to tell on myself a little bit. And, and if you think less of me, I apologize. But this is what happened. So yesterday we go to the movies. And uh, we see Les, Miser- Les Miserables. So I don't know. Les Miserables. So Les Miserables. That's the actual French. <laughs> Bleh. Um, it's a great movie. And it's, it's, see, it's filled with redemption and grace. Just packed chock full of the stuff, just grace and redemption, living by trying to do the next right thing. And, and you may not know this about me, but when that stuff hits me in the right spot, I just start to cry. And uh, I, I, I try to make it crying, but it gets, there was a couple of spots where it was like, <laughs> my, my wife, she's like, are you okay? 
And here's, here's what's funny. Oh, if you go see it, well, you'll see. There's a lot. It's, it happens throughout. But the really, this, it's, this guy's a thief, and he gets grace from this priest, and, and then he extends grace to people throughout his life. And every time it happens, it's like, oh, man, I just, I'm just losing it. Because, uh, you know, I'm a thief. Um, we all are, technically. But, but I, can, I connect with it, and just this guy, and then he's trying to do the next right thing, and things happen. Like, it's a hard life. And, and it's, it's filled with good stuff and hard stuff. It's just really, really. And it's a musical. I don't even usually like music. I've just <gasps> so, but it was funny because um, years ago I went and saw the movie The Color Purple. No, about that one too. But then I, I, this actually one I'm thinking of was Shadowlands with C.S. Lewis, and and I'm watching and I totally lose it in Shadowlands. And it was so bad my wife actually got up and moved away from me. It was funny. <laughs> and so now I'm just sitting there alone crying like. <laughs> Anyway, and I said, okay, it's probably just me. The movie finishes, and I go into the men's room, and everybody in the men's room is going, <laughs> I was like, okay, it wasn't just me. <laughs> so, uh, if you get a chance, ah, just a, I don't recommend very many, fantastic movie, really fantastic. And I also, in last week, I saw The Hobbit, too, another fantastic music. I didn't cry, movie, I didn't cry, but um, I laughed a lot. It was a great movie. So, two really good movies, and uh, just really good. Okay, so, I think I got it all out of my system. Oh, after we left the movie, you know, and then, and then we got into the van, I said, pulled it together, and I got hit with another wave of it, and now I'm sitting in the van, I can't drive, I'm like, <laughs> she said, you want me to drive? <laughs> Luke 6, 20. 23. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you'll be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their fathers treated the prophets. And blessed be the word of the Lord. That account is similar to Matthew's account. I want to read you Matthew's account too. Matthew 5, 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who are before you. So this beatitude, the last one we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to call this one the attitude of mission. The attitude of mission. And as we end the year, I think it's just good to sort of reinforce what we spent a lot of time talking about is our mission. And, and we call our mission one more. But we get to our mission by being thankful for five things and encouraging two people so we can get one more lost child back to dad. So point number one is embracing the mission. Embracing the mission, there it is, five, two, one. Um, five, two, one didn't just pop out of the sky, although you might say, as you see me do that all the time, there was actually a scripture for it, and uh, it's in your notes, Second Corinthians five, two, one. There it is. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What an amazing verse. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God.
That word righteous is an interesting word, and I think sometimes people get the wrong idea of that. Um, uh, and and they, they think it means to be legalistic, and that's not what it means. Righteousness means being right with God. It also means doing what is right. So you can add that to that blank. It's being right with God in Christ and then doing what's right. So, so, and this is in our mission. We're called to live this out before the world. We get right with God in Christ and then we try and live by doing what is right. You've heard me call that all the time, by doing the next right thing. We're to realize that we're not perfect and so we don't need to run around pointing fingers at everybody else of judgment. Um, we, we recognize the fact that all of us desperately, desperately, desperately need God. And we should always be treating people in a way that incorporates the beauty of their potential. I have spoken about that at great length. We're to see people the way that God does with all the potential that lays in them and is, is a part of who they are. And yet... Um, even as we try to live for God and, and be a source of blessing and encouragement to the world around us, what we're supposed to do, many people are not going to like it. And that's part of the deal. It's a fascinating part of the deal, but it really is part of the deal. I'm often surprised at um, some of the negative feedback we get when we're just trying to be kind. And really, with, with very little, um, we're not out there asking for much. I mean, usually nothing. Uh, we're just usually the other way around. And yet, and yet, uh, it's just so different that, that we, we take a little negative sort of feedback sometimes. And, and that can often be very difficult to deal with because we really, deep down, we want people to like us. Um, we like it if people will approve of us. And, and the reality is this, and you, you, I'm sure most of you know this, but no matter how hard you try, some people just can't be pleased and some people won't like you no matter how hard you try. Just because of who you are, some people won't like you. It's just the way it's gonna be. And, and uh, sometimes we, when someone doesn't like us, we like put it into a different gear trying to get them to like us. It's never gonna work, so it's, it's, it's not your problem. It's not your job. You're just not gonna make it work there. And so what Jesus says is, he's very real in this beatitude. He says, look, if you follow me, there's a lot of people that are not gonna like it. And, and if we embrace this life that we're talking about of staying present in the presence of God, you can be assured that there will be people that won't like it. And the other Beatitudes we look at are really dealing with the attitudes we need to develop to stay present in the presence of God. This one is about the attitude we need to develop in order to handle the rejection that comes from living the way that we've been talking about. Because it's going to come. And, and if we can't deal with it, oftentimes what we do is we begin to compromise or pull back from living the life that we're called to, and then we start to miss out on life that, that Jesus has for it. One quick note, too. Um, Jesus isn't talking about here being put down for being obnoxious or self-righteous. Uh, sometimes people get themselves, um, you know, they sort of set themselves up as martyrs in some way, and they display either very hateful attitudes or attitudes that say, you know, I'm much better than you are. And then when people sort of come against that a little bit, they claim they're being persecuted. They're, they're not. Um, that's just what you'd get for, for acting like that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I say this with kindness, you know, really. Um, please don't be weird and call it spiritual. All right? Life's hard enough. <laughs> just, just be who you're supposed to be in him, and we'll live this thing out along the way. So... 
How do we respond then to persecution that comes from following Jesus? And one of the things I want to make sure you know, and we talked about this a lot this last year too, is you need to remember the source. Point number two, remember the source of the persecution. I taught you this verse early on this year, Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And then remember, it goes on from there, therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Isn't that good stuff? Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. That's the rest of Ephesians 6. We learned that earlier in the year. Remember the source of the persecution. It's, it's bigger than the person that's right in front of you. The problem is not with the person who's messing with you. It's really not. It's a much bigger problem. And you have to hold that in context in this whole process. Because we're out there doing stuff, and, and the, the, the one being that doesn't want us doing it at all is the evil one. He wants us to get out of the picture, to get away, to get back into our buildings, to get busy finger-pointing, to not show kindness to anyone, and to become as ineffective in the culture and the world as we could possibly be. That's his desire. When we get out there and do the opposite, he's going to come against us wherever he can. And oftentimes it's in these little attacks that make us want to pull back just a little bit and not get involved and we can't we, we're called to be a people of mission so what do you do when this attack comes this is point number three you need to be proactive not reactive proactive not reactive Romans 12 21 do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good see once you start reacting who's in control the person who's trying to push your buttons is. Once you start reacting to someone pushing your buttons, they become the, the person that's in control. So what do you need to do to be proactive? Matthew 5, 44, it said this, but I tell you, this is Jesus, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. When people put you down, we need to encourage them. When they hassle us, we need to be nice to them. We don't retaliate because the moment we retaliate, they're in control. This next concept that I'm gonna share with you, it's worth the price of admission today. Here it is. You cannot control the things that happen to you. You cannot control the things that people say about you. You cannot control the events, the persecutions, the hassles you'll get. But you can control how you choose to react and respond. That is absolutely your choice. So choose to love them and pray for them. When it happens, instead of retaliating, start to pray. Remember where the source lies. Every morning, every morning, I, I have prayer time, and I pray through those verses I just read you in, in the Ephesians 6, 12, and, and as I pray through them, I write down, I say, Lord, please help me remember where the battle lies. Please help me remember where the battle lies. Help me remember, God, that it's never about people coming after us. It's always bigger than that so that I can pray for any of those situations and then respond properly.
So point number four then, well, why would I do that? What's the payoff? What's, what's in it for me? That's the question people have. That sounds, that doesn't even make sense. You know, um, loving people that, that are coming after me and praying for people that are, you know, want, don't, don't want to see me, you know, succeed. Why would we do that? Luke 6, 23. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their fathers treated the prophets. The, the rewards for following Jesus the best ones, they're out of this world. Really. <laughs> this is temporary, that's forever, and the best stuff lies ahead. He's with us now and we get taste and good things are happening, but there's other stuff that we gotta deal with. This is, this is uh, temporary and we have eternity to share in his glory. Romans eight seventeen. now if we, if we are children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So, so we share with him in this mission that he's called us to. And as we move it out, we find life. As we encourage others, we're encouraged. As we, as we move forward, we're doing the things we're called to. Life has a, a, you know, some adventure to it and some purpose to it. And that's what it's all about. And so we're going to end up this series there, and uh, we, we may come back to talking more about staying present and present later on in the year, but um, through the Beatitudes, I think we got enough of what that looks like, that it can really help us in the process. So we're going to end there for today. If there's anything that uh, we can do for you, if you're watching my video on television, give us a, an email or a call, and uh, we'll be praying for you. We're glad you spent this time with us, and we hope you'll join us again soon.